the Sports on Point Weekly Rewind, a week in review with Matt Smith and Bob Williams. Let's back it up. Hey, it's been a long time, guys. We're now going to move on to This Week in Sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day of the past week, and our hosts will give a short comment on each day. Starting off with Wednesday. Ron Artest not interested in trade, focused on Los Angeles Lakers. This from ESPN LA. Matt? Yeah, this headline is response is in response to a story from Mark Stein earlier this week on ESPN.com. He reported that a source close to Ron Artest said that Ron Ron wants out of Los Angeles. Um, I never really buy too much into these stories because if someone close to me happened to catch me on a bad day, on a day where maybe I had a really early flight and wasn't digging it too much, they may think I wanted to quit my job and it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I think I think Ron is in a good situation in L.A. He knows what he's got. He knows he's got a, knows he's got a chance of winning championships there. And if his minutes and in, in his point production is down a little bit this year, I don't think it's a big deal. He knows what he's got is good. Yeah, he's definitely got the best out of any deal out there. You know, he's playing with the L.A. Lakers, who definitely have the best opportunity to win a ring. And at his stage of the career, that's what you're doing. You know, you've you've made the money. You're making the money currently. Why want to go somewhere else? He's not in in the mode where he used to be, where he wanted to be the man, because he doesn't need to be the man. He just needs to be the good supporting cast that he is. Also on Wednesday, New England Patriots' Bill Belichick wins the Associated Press 2010 Coach of the Year Award. Bill Belichick. Gotta love him. This guy, pretty much the entire year, did not have uh, a really big offensive threat. Yeah, you have uh, Tom Brady, but you you really had who's who of young guys out in there with uh, Aaron Hernandez and then some of their wide receivers, Danny Woodhead. You know... A really smorgasbord of offensive talent. He gets the best out of them, and and they're even their team. Their defense is not the same defense that we remember when they were going and uh, winning the the rings. So this is a, a kudos to Bill Belichick and, and see if he can continue on the on this path. Yeah, this is actually Belichick's third time winning the award. Ironically enough, he's won this award three times, won the Super Bowl three times, and only one time did he do both in the same year, but uh, I have to say, of all the years he's won it, I don't know of a year he was more deserving of it than this year. It's just like you said, he won 14 games without Randy Moss, had to utilize Deion Branch, two rookie tight ends, and a couple of running backs named Green Ellis and Woodhead. I mean, it's not exactly a a cup is full scenario, and, and Belichick always makes the most of it. On Thursday, this being the Thursday before the Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger treats Lyman to dinner, sings at bar, Matt. Ah, yes, the fine folks at TMZ have brought us yet another worthless piece of crap story. So, Big Ben takes his lineman. (laughs) Big Ben takes his offensive lineman out to a barbecue dinner and they go to a bar afterwards. You know what? Good for him. A lot of quarterbacks do this same kind of stuff for their offensive line. And just because it's Ben Roethlisberger this time, I'm supposed to care. The, the, The thing about this story is. They just want to dig up some dirt on a guy who's got a history of making some mistakes in a bar. And, you know, when he goes there for the right reasons, yeah, I just, let's keep this out of the headlines next time, guys. Uh, yeah, honestly, they, they're looking for something uh, that isn't really there. It would have been bigger news if something did happen with him being there and, and having, you know, all this fun with his, his linemen and, and friends, you know, not only teammates, but friends if something happened. 
gosh, you know, as, as much as some of this stuff is ridiculous and, and sort of sad and pathetic, just leave the man alone at this point. I have one thing to say. Also on Thursday, New York Yankees Andy Pettit to announce retirement. Bob? Uh, you know, this is one of the uh, greats for, for New York in the pitching department in the past, you know, 15, 20 years. A true competitor. He went out there, you know, even came back and kept playing. And he's just finally lost that whole, hey, it's a good time to to step down and let the young guys go. And and this is good for him. You know, he gets to, he gets to be on top. He, he's been a New York guy. I'll always have a lot of respect for Andy Pettit. Yeah, uh, ever since the news broke that Pettit, of course, was retiring, every single media outlet and everyone that's been then that's been you know questioned about uh, about Pettit has had nothing but gushing to say. You know, uh, incredibly high comments and remarks about Andy Pettit as a man and as a baseball player, and it kind of it kind of it kind of brings back a point to me back in you know 2007 Andy Pettit and uh, Roger Clemens both stood in front of grand juries and were accused of using steroids and Andy Pettit tucked his tail tucked his tail between his legs apologized um, admitted to using him on a very limited basis and this is the kind of reaction he gets when he steps away from the game and it, it's still kind of hard to hear the name Roger Clemens and not roll your eyes or your stomach or whatever because of the way he handled the situation. So I think everybody out there in in uh, the listening audience and and maybe all the athletes out there, maybe take a note of this because you know when you fess up and admit to what you did, this is the kind of reaction you get. Yeah, you get treated like a human being and not a worthless piece of crap liar, Roger Clemens. Yeah, even if you are a New York Yankee and we don't like you. Right. <laughs> On Friday. David Stern selects Kevin Love to replace Yao Ming at All-Star Game. Matt? Thank goodness. David Stern obviously listens to our podcast. Sure um, he does. <laughs> He's one of the four people. Uh, Greg Popovich obviously uh, did, not select, um, did not select Kevin Love uh, as an as a alternate on the All-Star squad, and uh, it was very disappointing. But um, you have to admit, you know, there was there was some really tough picks in there. He, he ended up taking Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, and Blake Griffin, and I don't think any one of those three you could honestly say didn't deserve there. But you know, thank goodness those masses of Chinese voters voted Yao Ming into the All Star game because if he hadn't been voted in, they wouldn't have to pick an alternate, and Kevin Love would not be in the All Star game. Wow, you just completely congratulated. <laughs> an entire country for voting in an injured player. Hooray, Chinese fraud! <laughs> you have to admit, though, you have to admit that Kevin Love is a better selection than anybody else they could have picked at center. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there, and we both talked about how Popovich wouldn't overlook Kevin Love, and, and he did, and this is a, a good way for David Stern to to correct the mistake. Just like, a, you know, a, a few years ago when uh, Mo Williams. I, I know he, he might not be a top 10 point guard in the game, but he was having a really good year, and he uh, you know was a replacement there at the end. So this is the nice thing uh, about a lot of these all-star games is that if someone is injured, you, you see these people who are definitely capable and, and worthy of this spot get it, sliding in 
Also on Friday, St. Louis Rams quarterback Sam Bradford named top offensive rookie. Bob? Or offensive yeah, rookie, it, I guess. Not uh, top offensive rookie. Offensive. He's totally offensive. offensive. Yes. He played for the Rams. It's offensive. Thanks. Uh, if he wouldn't have lost his uh, top receiver really early in the this season, it would have been interesting to see how well Sam Bradford would have continued on, and his stats probably would have been so much better. Now that uh, Pat Shermer's left St. Louis, it'll be interesting to see how he continues to develop in the NFL. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess what we can all say is congratulations to Sam Bradford. I know that I, amongst many other people, um, weren't really sure that he was the type of quarterback who could come out of the spread offense system that he ran at Oklahoma and run a good NFL offensive system. Now the question remains coming into next year, if he's going to get the, uh, the big screw job that uh, Jason Campbell got a couple years ago by switching his offensive coordinator every year, of course, as you said, with Pat Shermer heading to the Cleveland job. On Saturday, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Michael Vick named AP Comeback Player of the Year. Yep, this is Michael Vick's consolation prize. He pretty much got stiff-armed by Tom Brady on his way to winning just about every award that was meaningful this season. But uh, uh, what Vick did this year, I think, was a lot more than a comeback. When you talk about a comeback, you're talking about somebody generally returning to previous form. But what, uh, what Michael Vick did this year was really uh, return to his previous form and then improve upon it. Uh, I, I, I think I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who ever watched Michael Vick play in Atlanta and say that he was a better player there than he was this year in Philadelphia. Yeah, this is definitely a bigger story than, than just football and, and in general. This is a, a redemption case for, for Michael Vick. And, and hopefully, you know, going forward, he keeps his head out of everything else and, and just goes out there and plays and performs. And five, ten years from now, you honestly won't be talking about it. Just like you, you very rarely hear Kobe Bryant and his Denver issues. So, you know, good, good for him. Good for NFL. Hopefully he can continue on. Also on Saturday, Stefan Engels completes 365 marathons in 365 days. Bob? This is ridiculous. I, I personally have only read, uh, ran like 10, eight, eight, 8 miles in a relay of a marathon. But not only this, this guy ran 9,569 miles. How many people do that in their entire life, let alone one year? And, and this guy not only has done that, he's ran triathlons. He tried this previously, got through 18 marathons and, and had to recover from an injury. And he said that he's not done. He's looking at what's next and seeing what other great, crazy athletic things that he can continue to accomplish. Yeah, I don't know that I've. I don't know that I amassed 9,569 frequent flyer miles last year, let alone running those types of miles. I'm not even sure. You said you ran eight miles in a relay once. I don't know that I've ran eight miles accumulative in my entire lifetime. This is impressive, and it just kind of makes me feel really like a schmuck for not even being able to, to follow through on my plan of running for 30 minutes on an elliptical machine every day. Wow, how pathetic does this guy make me feel? This is some crazy freak. I'm sorry, but 365 marathons. That, I mean, you, you don't get injured or sick. You run a marathon like through the flu. I mean, what the heck? 
That's all I have to say. <laughs> On Sunday, Tom Brady, first to be voted unanimous AP NFL MVP. Matt? Yeah, all, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by the word unanimous in that headline because, you know, Tom Brady had the second best season of his entire career. The best, of course, being the 2007-2008 series, or I'm sorry, season. And he didn't even win it unanimously that year. I just really find it hard to believe that not a single person who votes for this award could find it in him to vote for Michael Vick. Seriously, not one vote for Michael Vick? Yeah, I, I think that's the craziest thing. And it, it's not that Brady, you know, didn't have the competition there with Vick. Vick had an outstanding year just on his own. Did, did he pay him off or something? You know, just just kidding and all. But that's that's a crazy thing to be unanimous when there was someone else just as deserving. I don't know. Personally, I think it, it's still too fresh on people's minds what Vic did with the little puppies. So they're going to give him... You have to have more than one stellar year to get back into the good graces, I think. Also on Sunday, John Bon Jovi in talks to buy part of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this actually wouldn't be the first time that uh, John Bon Jovi owned a football franchise. Do you guys know either... Either of you know what one he owns? No. Uh, on the Philadelphia, I think that is a no. Philadelphia Arena League team, right? Yeah, Philadelphia Soul. So, you know, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, no, it's... I started to say that, and then you said I take that as a no. Sorry. <laughs> there, there was just a huge long pause, but it I could I take be, your answer, yeah. Matt, as a no. <laughs> no, it's not the Philadelphia Soul. Actually, it is. You are correct. So, you know, it, it's cool when celebrities can get involved. It kind of brings more hype into a franchise. And Atlanta, you know, they're on an up-and-up team here. So maybe this will get some more fan interest. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have had um, celebrity owners on their team. And it, it, at this point in time, if I, if I remember correctly, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Mark Anthony, both Venus and Serena Williams, Jimmy Buffett, and Gloria Estefan already own portions of the Miami Dolphins. But combined, all of those people combined, they own less than 5% of that organization. But this deal that they're talking about with Bon Jovi and the Hawks, or uh, sorry, in the Hawks, this deal they're talking about with Bon Jovi and the Falcons is talking about roughly 15% of the team. So while it's not a new concept, celebrity owning part of a team, it would be unprecedented percentage that he would own. And uh, uh, all this story is is great and all, but uh, the, the fine print is that neither sides of of this uh, arrangement have agreed to anything just yet. So it could, it could just be a nice story that never actually happens. On Monday, sources say Los Angeles Lakers, Denver Nuggets have initial Carmelo Anthony talks. Matt? Just when you thought it was safe to read the NBA section again. I mean, every single week, every single day, it's like there's a different Carmelo Anthony trade rumor. But uh, this one kind of centers around the Lakers trainee, trading Andrew Bynum to the Nuggets. And I just, if I'm Denver, there's no way I pulled the deal. I pulled the trigger on this deal. Andrew Bynum is just one step above Greg Oden as far as potential combined with tragedy. He's injured every single year and has never managed to live up to what he's supposedly capable of. Whenever a prospect who's been in the league for as long as Bynum has 
whenever the best attribute that anyone can point out about him is his potential, all that means to me is that he hasn't done squat. Yeah, if he's on any other team, you probably wouldn't hear much about Andrew Bynum. But the fact that he really is the Lakers' biggest trade ship because they don't have too many youngsters on the team, he gets polished up a little bit more than what he really is. So I, I honestly, Denver can get a better package than based around Bynum. And why would they send him to someone in their own conference? That that would not be smart. You know, send him to the East, send him to New Jersey, send him to New York where you're done with him, you're over him. But, you know, you talk about this, we'll probably talk about it in next week that Carmelo's come out and said that, hey, if he doesn't get traded, he might sit down and talk with Denver for an extension. And in other news, Carmelo Anthony will be co-hosting Sports on Point next week. Not really. Also on Monday, North Carolina Tar Heels back in the ESPN USA Today coaches top 25. Yeah, North Carolina, you know, had a sort of rocky start, fell out. Uh, they, they had a good streak of three or four games there, bumped them back in. Led to, you know, a possibly, you know, a big matchup with uh, Duke, and then they lost again. Honestly, North Carolina will probably be a tournament team, and it all relies on how well their guys will gel. They have some youngsters there, and we know that Roy Williams is definitely a coach who can, you know, possibly pull this together and, and have them make a run in the ACC tournament and have them uh, make a run in, in the actual tournament, too. So they just need to... to to keep fitting the pieces and see what works. Yeah, you know, North Carolina came into the season ranked number nine in the country. It's like you said, Bob, there's a lot of youth, a lot of young kids on this team. In fact, they had a freshman on the team who made the All-American team. And that's if that's not setting someone up for a disappointment, I don't know what is. But, uh, you know, the team has, has done pretty good recently. They just lost a, a close matchup to the number five team in the country, Duke, this past week. But uh, all in all, they've won nine out of their last 11 matchups, uh, won five in a row before dropping the game to Duke. And it, it's just kind of what you would expect from a team that has this type of youth and this type of inexperience is that as the season goes on, they're just going to start to play a little bit better together. And I'd actually be a little bit concerned if I drew these guys in the NCAA tournament because they've, uh, they, they've got nothing to lose. Let's put it that way. On Tuesday, Wake Forest baseball coach donates kidney to player. This was a pretty cool story uh, I saw on ESPN. There was a coach, uh, baseball coach from Wake Forest named Tom Walter, who, uh, you know, when he's when he's out recruiting and he's talking to the kids who want to come to his school and play baseball for him, he likes to pitch the family environment. And I don't know any better way to take that to the furthest extent possible than to donate a kidney, which is uh, usually something they reserve for family members in this type of case. But uh, uh, apparently, before the coach made the decision to donate his kidney, Wake Forest had to spend an inordinate amount of time talking and working with the NCAA to make sure that this didn't violate any rules as an additional benefit applied to a student. Thank goodness <laughs> the NCAA said it wasn't. A kidney is not a benefit. Well, <laughs> apparently not a not a not a fireable one or a. Or a or a uh, punishable one. That's a double standard. Come on. 
Let's just be thankful that the NCAA is only hypocritical and not heartless and inhumane. Thank you. <laughs> I love that line. Cam Newton's father from now on should ask for uh, organs that he could sell on the black market. <laughs> yeah, because we know a kidney might be worth more than uh, $200,000. That's right. That's right. Depends on who needs it. But, yeah, th this is one of those good stories when it comes to, to college sports, very similar to the uh, girl softball players who, you know, the girl broke her leg around the, the going to first play, first base. Yeah, that's a great the story. The other team picked her up and carried her around. Hey, it is. It's a great story because I'll the, the other team, oh. like she wasn't, okay, she wasn't allowed to, like, and no one from her team was allowed to help her or she would be called out. Well, what the other team did is few of their players, two of their players actually picked her up, walked her from base to base, having her touch them. You know, it's just one of those really good feel good stories that there are good people out there. You know, this doesn't matter about, hey, look, I'm trying to get this recruit. I'm trying to get this recruit or this is bigger than the game itself. It's good to get have this personalization in stories. And hey, I hope this kid makes the major leagues. You know, I I, I hope this sets his life right and, and he can go and be as good as he can be. And rounding the week off on Tuesday, CC Sabathia's off-season weight loss may lose him the distinction as the game's heaviest player. But no, this is actually good for CC Sabathia. You know, we I've been a fan of him since he was with the Indians, and even when he went to Milwaukee, was rooting for him that season. As much as, again, I'm not the biggest Yankees fan, this is good for CC Sabathia in general. The fact that he was 6'7", 309 pounds at some point last year is kind of red flags everywhere that he needed to do something like this to not only extend his longevity in his career, but also be healthy so we'll, we'll see if this actually does uh any any change with how, how he uh pitches this year i don't i don't see it being too much of a, a factor but it'll be interesting and somehow i really don't think that cc is all that disappointed about losing the distinction of being the game's heaviest player but to be honest with you if he's at 309 at six foot nine or however ridiculously huge dude is and he drops 30 pounds, that puts him down to, what, 289? He's probably still in the upper echelon, so I, I, I wouldn't count him out of that whole, that whole uh, competition uh, just yet. But you're right, this is, this is something that, uh, something that some, some physical uh, therapists decided was a good move for CC to take some of the pressure off of his knee. And, uh, well, hopefully this will be good and will extend his career because this guy's got a lot of heat left in that arm. It'd just be a shame if his knees end up ruining it for him. Well, this has been this week in sports. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please send us your suggestions on how we can improve the show and your comments to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can also call the show at 646-39-POINT. That's 646-397-6468. No weekly podcast this week, guys, but make sure you stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be tackling the big issue. Now that the football season is over, it's collective bargaining time. So stay tuned. We should have a lot of good information for you. I thought the big issue was NASCAR. <laughs>